Pastor Ed Taylor offers this biblical encouragement. You want to sit before a man that's pastoring and teaching in a church that God sent into your life so that you'll receive the truth in love and respond accordingly in the short days that we have left. You don't want your life to be filled with all these neverthelesses. God wanted to do a great thing, nevertheless. God's ready to move you in, nevertheless. God's ready to explode in your life by faith through this trial, through this difficulty. But nevertheless, you took things into your own hands and made it worse. This is amazing grace. Fear has a grip on so many people today, whether it's a fear of the coronavirus or what's going to happen with the economy or maybe even the future of this nation. But as we'll learn today, fear can rob us of our faith and keep us from entering into all that God has for us. That's the lesson in front of us on Abounding Grace as Pastor Ed Taylor opens Hebrews 4 and Numbers 13. The children of Israel had failed to enter into the rest of God because of their unbelief. Let's make sure that doesn't happen to us. Can I just say this, leaders? And, and I, say that, I say this to the leaders of our church. I say this to the leaders in other churches. I say this to you parents that are leaders, you guys that are leaders in your friendships. Every, I believe every Christian is a leader, and we're to lead people to Jesus Christ. So that, this applies to everyone listening to me that is a follower of Jesus Christ. When someone comes to you for help, do not give them your opinion, because your opinion doesn't matter. Open the Bible and give them God's opinion. Only God's word will speak to the issue in their life. Only God's word. Even if they come to you and say, hey, can I have your opinion? Say no. That's hard. It's a prick of your pride, isn't it? Because you know what? Well, I've got an opinion on that. Okay, we don't need your opinion. We need what God word, God's word says. Because I know if you would look at your life just in the last couple years, I'm positive you've changed your opinion on a few things. But God's word doesn't change. It applies to every situation, at every time, in every age and generation. Don't give opinions, because opinions are wishy-washy. They don't, they don't really hold water. You know, I understand that sometimes our opinions are biblically based. I get that. But wouldn't it be better just to give the Bible? Wouldn't it be better just to open the Word of God and say, this is what it says? Now, I know sometimes, like, when I'm hosting the radio show, the call-in show, Calvary Live, and they call with a question, sometimes my answer is, the Bible doesn't answer that question. Because we can't just turn to a verse and say, the Bible, there's no verse that says, thou shalt not, and whatever the issue is. But then I'll follow up and say, however, even though there's no specific verse that will answer that question, there are a few truths throughout the Scripture where we can discern the heart of God on how you're to make this decision. And so we expand the answer to look up a couple of different places where God has spoken on a subject, and then we discern the will of the Lord from that. We discern the understanding of God. So, verse 21. So they went up and spied out the land from the wilderness of Zin as far as Rehob, near the entrance of Hamath. And they went up through the south and came to Hebron. Ahiman, Sheshai, and Talmai, the descendants of Anak, were there. 
Now Hebron was built seven years before Zoan in Egypt. Then they came to the valley of Eshcol, and there they cut down a branch with one cluster of grapes, and they carried it between two of them on a pole. They also brought some of the pomegranates and figs, the place they called the valley of Eshcol because the cluster which the men of Israel cut down there. And the word Eshcol in the Hebrew just simply means cluster. In verse 25, they returned from spying out the land for 40 days. So they departed, came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. And they brought back word to them of all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Then they told them, and said, We went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. So some estimate that this 40 years of spying out the land covered about 500 square miles of terrain. And after covering 500 miles of their survey, they didn't find anything except that which God already told them. At every turn, it was a confirmation of what God said would be there. Every time they would turn, yep, that's it, yep, that's it. Even so much so that they have, and some of you may have seen this depicted of these two men that would be standing side by side. They'd have a pole over their shoulders, and then in between them would be this life-size cluster of grapes. I mean, if you go to Israel with us, it's one of the little figurines that you can purchase and bring home where the cluster of grapes is so big. It's as big as the people. That's how it's depicted. It's as tall, almost as tall as the people, and they're carrying it on a pole, and it takes two of them to carry it back. It's so big because the land is so lush and so wonderful. And here they are for 40 days. Now, those of you that are Bible students, you know that the number 40 often speaks of times of testing or judgment, like 40 days of the flood or 40 days in the wilderness. Jesus was 40 days tempted by the devil or 40 years of wilderness wandering. It's always the number of testing or judgment. And so the question is, you know, when you look at this, they're out there, they're being tested, and, and they're, they're facing this. I guess the question for us today is, is anybody turning 40 this year? Because this will be the year that God will work in your life and bring about some testings. But the good news is, is that even when Jesus brings a test, he already knows what he's going to do. The answer is always that abiding relationship of faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Just knowing that he's got it covered and that he already knows what's going to happen. The land was flowing with milk and honey, just like God said. So if the, I wish that the chapter ended right here. Because at this point, it's still good news. They came back and reported exactly what they saw, and it lined up exactly with what God wanted. And you would think that the next verse is going to be, let's go. But instead, the next verse that we see is in verse 28. The next word is, nevertheless. Oh, that's not a good word. It's such a transition word. Oh, great, 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 great. Nevertheless. And these are going to where, where the naysayers and the pessimists come in. The people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land in the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Mamorites dwell in the mountains. The Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan, verse 30. I mean, it was so bad that the people are all upset now. You know, and this is a large gathering. Thousands of people are being communicated to. And Caleb, one of the spies, he says, he quiets the people before Moses. And, and he says, let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. Like Caleb, and, and we didn't read through the names because you're going to do that at the mirror at home, but notice in verse 6, he's one of the spies. 
And the other spy that has a good report is Joshua, and that's in verse 8. So Caleb and Joshua, out of the 12, they don't buy into this bad opinion. And Caleb says, quiet, quiet, quiet. Let's just go in. What are we talking about? Of course, everything that we saw is exactly what God said. It's time to go in. But then verse 31, the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel, what does your Bible say? A bad report. Mark that. They gave a bad report of the good news of what they saw in the land. This is the trick and the scheme of the devil himself to take something good and twist it into something bad. It was good. Everything that they saw was good. Everything that they saw confirmed God's word. But because of their fear, because of their anxiety, perhaps even their panic, they send the entire generation of Israel into 40 years of wilderness wandering, and they don't enter in, we learn in Hebrews 3, because of unbelief. Notice verse 32. The land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants, and all the people who we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants. The descendants of Anak came from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were we in their sight, which is a big problem here because it didn't know that possessing land had anything to do with looking at themselves. When you look at your own resources and your own ability, you will always come to the wrong conclusion. You will always meet the impossible with your own impossible resources. Like you don't have enough to meet the issues in your life. You don't have enough money. You don't have enough smarts. You don't have enough strength. You don't have enough courage. Everything that you and I could possibly muster up in our lives cannot meet the impossible challenges that are before us. That's why God, he tells us that he is the God of the impossible, that with his resources and his strength and his ability and and his help, you can meet anything head on by faith. The giants in the land, I know. The land devours people, I know. And that's the land I'm giving you. But they come back with a bad report. Notice what happens in verse 1 of chapter 14. Then all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried, and the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron. And the whole congregation said to them, If only we had died in the land of Egypt. If only we had died in this wilderness. Why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword, that our wives and children should become victims? Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? So let's just answer that together. Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? No. That's the word of the Lord to someone today. It would not be better for you to go backwards. The answer is no. But you can become so discouraged and so demoralized and so gripped with fear and so concerned and so filled with anxiety, and so panicked at the situation as it exists today, that your immediate thought is, we need to go backwards. Whether it's something in the practical realm, or it's something in the spiritual realm. Because in the spiritual realm, you happen to be in a church where the pastors and the leaders will open the Bible to you, and will tell you the truth about your situation, even if it's painful to hear. You often hear that from the pulpit here. My responsibility here isn't to entertain you. My responsibility here is to teach you God's word so you will learn to obey him in your life. To display God in his great love and mercy and grace so your love for him will grow and love will motivate you to serve him with all of your life. 
that you'll just be so melted by his faithfulness and his goodness. And sometimes I have to tell you the truth. That's not even just sometimes. All the time, I have to tell you the truth about your life as it reflects in the Bible. And it's not always, I mean, if you could see what I see all the time, if you could see all the faces looking at me right now, and a few of them just looking at me like, dude, I am so mad at you right now. And I just look over you. I see you once and I look over you. I don't, I see you. Because I want you to track with me. And even if you're mad at me, I'm happy about that. You know why? Because you heard me, you processed what I said, and you've got a response. So even if you get mad, you don't get out of it. Because God is going to say, you heard him? Yep. And you understand him? Yep. And you're mad at him? Yep. Well, my word got into your heart. And you're like, nope. You know, <laughs> So it doesn't matter the response. Like if you could say, uh, my responsibility is to tell you the truth because only the truth will set you free. And to speak the truth to you in love. And, and what that means is, is that even if it's painful, I'm going to choose God's holiness and righteousness and honoring him than trying to make you happy and like me because I'm, I say, well, I, I won't tell you that then. I just won't tell you that then. And that way we could leave the building and you kind of like me. And, you know, and pastors, you know, they have issues with, um, we, we have issues with insecurity at times and all that. And so there are those people, it, we're living in the last days. You know what the Bible says in the last days? That there'll be a group of people because their ears are tickling, that they'll raise up a teacher for them so that the teacher will tell them what they want to hear. That's even what happened in Jeremiah chapter 29. There, there were people lying to the children of Israel. That, and God said, I didn't send them. You want to sit before a man that's pastoring and teaching in a church that God sent into your life so that you'll receive the truth in love and respond accordingly in the short days that we have left. You don't want your life to be filled with all these neverthelesses. God wanted to do a great thing, nevertheless. God's ready to move you in, nevertheless. God's ready to explode in your life by faith through this trial, through this difficulty, but nevertheless, you took things into your own hands and made it worse. You know, the, the problem with this is that there are 12 spies and 10 of them came back with a bad report. Only two of them came back with, let's go. And Caleb is the spokesperson. Let's go. The other 10, oh no, oh no, no, we can't do it. Leaders, we don't believe God. We don't think it's from God. It's going to be too hard. It's too, that 10 leaders. And guess what? The people listened to the majority. And lest we forget church as we head out today, the majority is not always right. The majority is not always right. Why is that important to us? Well, we live in, a, in our form of government and our country is a republic or what we might refer to as a democracy. And the way things work in the voting booth is majority wins. And so generally a majority out of 100, just for the sake of easy math here, a majority out of 100 is 50 plus one. That's a majority. So, so a majority, 51, could also have 49 that strongly disagree, but because of our form of government, the majority wins. And then 51% say yes, the 49% are upset. But let me suggest this to you, that even in that, 51 can be wrong over the 49, but consider the same 100. Even if 99 out of 100 say the same thing, it doesn't make them right. 99 could say something, and the lone one voice could actually be that which is right. But it's been ingrained in us to think majority wins, majority rules, majority rules. We've just lived that way. 
But the Bible is so contrary to human thinking that we have an example here that 10 out of the 12 drowned out the two correct ones. And the people listened to the bad report of the twisting of the truth by the 10. And we need to be very careful, church, who we listen to. We want people to give us the truth. We want people to give us the truth in love. We want people in our lives that will open the Bible and share God's truth with us. We just don't want someone who will agree with us and fuel the flames of our flesh. We, I mean, we may want it, but we really don't want it. We may desire it, but we really don't need it. We want people in our life that will tell us the truth. You know, well, I don't like what pastor so-and-so said. And the pastor down the street says something different, so I think I'll go there. Well, you go there to your own hurt. So I don't like my friend, you know, I don't like, he, he just spoke the truth to me, so I'm going to get a new friend. Well, you do that to your own hurt and the consequences of your own decisions. How careful we need to be to keep the book as the standard and surround us with people that keep the book as the standard. And this is the standard by which we live, to be interpreted in context by the Holy Spirit. Caleb, he stands up and says, be quiet, let's go in. And today, what I would just ask you to pray for Caleb's in your life. Somebody would come along and say, be quiet. Let's go obey God. Quiet down. With all the nervousness and all the worry and all the panic, quiet down. And let's just go in. Let's follow God. Let's obey Him. And if you're taking notes, let me give you three things. We're not going to develop them. They could be Bible study in their own. But I want to give them to you so you can meditate them on, this, on them this week, especially in light of fear. Um, how do we gain fee- freedom from fear? Number one, Freedom from fear comes through remembering God, remembering God, truly knowing God and living in his truth, believing them over the lies of the enemy will begin to dissipate your fear of the situation or your fear of people. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 3, verse 24, now he who keeps his commandments abides in him and he in him, and by this we know that he abides in us by the spirit that he's given us. Remember God. Number two, Freedom from fear comes through remembering God's power. Or another way of saying that, remembering that God is in control. You do belong to God after all, is that right? You were bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. We remember that today in communion. And so one of the ways to really walk through fear is to remember that God's in control and anything that's happened in your life has certainly not taken God by surprise. You might be a little shocked and surprised, but God is not. And so when we come to God, we know that his, his decisions are good for us. And, you know, it's so, it's so normal for us to make a decision of faith and then to be hit with fear right away. So I'm ready to step in this. I think this is the time. You come to the place, you take a step of obedience, and then boom, before you're even finished with the sentence, fear enters in. And if that's you, hang in there. Stand strong by grace. Don't let your faith run out before God comes through. Don't let your faith run out before God comes through to reveal his perfect will in your life. In Isaiah 26, verse 3, it says, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Remember Hebrews chapter 3, why didn't they enter in? Because of unbelief. And then finally, number three, freedom from fear comes through remembering that God has a plan for your life. God has a plan for your life. It's true. His plan is being worked out in you right now. But I'm afraid, pastor. Okay, then take that fear to the planning room of God or what the Bible calls the throne room of grace. It's the planning room of God 
where his will is being worked out in your life. And I mentioned it earlier in in Jeremiah 29. It says in verse 11, God speaking, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not evil, to give you a future and a hope. Read chapter 29 in Jeremiah today uh, for some devos this afternoon, maybe after lunch or after your nap. Read through and see how the people were being faced with very confusing circumstances, being taken captive by Babylon. Babylon could become a picture and a type of fear. The people had been taken captive by fear, and there were, people, there were other men that were sent into their life lying to them, and God answers through Jeremiah, don't listen to them, I didn't send them. You stay where you're at and obey me because I know the thoughts that I have toward you. They're good and not evil. So encouraging. Jeremiah 29, it'll encourage you today. Pastor Ed Taylor on Abounding Grace. And Ed, as we close out this lesson, you gave us a few tips on how we can gain freedom from fear. As you know, there's a lot of that going on in our world today, and many people are afraid. So I think this is very timely. What would you like to say on a personal level to that listener who is anxious or fearful today? You know, Larry, this is a really good question that you ask. I'm so glad you are asking it because with all that's going on in the world today with shutdowns, political upheaval, racial tensions, uh, the seriousness of COVID, and so much more, so many voices, anxiety and fear have seemed to increase all the more. And so as you're wrestling with anxiety or fear, just admit it. Uh, Admit it to the Lord uh, that it doesn't make you a bad believer. I I know it can cross over into sin, and I know it can cross over into faithlessness, but that... That's the human condition. I don't know that there's really any believer that truly wants to live in fear or anxiety. It's just part of the package of being human. And yet, at the same time, there's hope. I know for me personally, fear or worry is a big deal for me. It's a big deal, unfortunately. So I would say be careful. Take it to the Lord. The Bible says, be anxious for nothing. But in all things, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, I think that's the key, with thanksgiving, make your requests be made known to God. Keep taking them directly to the throne room of grace. And the result, the promise, the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. It's so good. And so I'm sorry you're anxious today and fearful, but the Lord is with you. He'll provide for your every need. He'll protect And as you walk with him, I know not everything's going to go your way. Not everything's going to go the way you plan. But God is faithful, and he's going to walk alongside you. Get back. If you haven't been in the Word, get back to the Word. Start talking to God again, as raw as it might be. You know, just be raw with him. Back into church. That's the big thing. Part of what's made this time harder is people aren't coming to church, not being physically with other believers. And I think it's time. And if you're in a safe place, you know, like you're not in a majorly immunodepressed situation or you're not a high-risk category. I mean, basically, if you go shopping, you can go to church because you're around people and you just got to trust the Lord. Don't do anything foolish, but find yourself in a place walking in the wisdom of God. It'll be good to sing together and worship together and be wonderful. I know the Lord will use that in your life. Thanks for that encouragement, Ed. And friend, remember, you can access these studies in Hebrews through the Calvary Church app or at our website. That address is aboundinggraceradio.com. 
At Abounding Grace, we're committed to delivering God's Word to people all across the world, but we can't do it alone. We're very thankful for the listeners that come along beside us with financial and or prayerful support. Your gift, whatever the size, would be greatly appreciated and put to good use. And if you'd like to help us reach people with the love and truth of Christ, please visit AboundingGraceRadio.com or call 877-30-GRACE. Maybe you've noticed there's a battle going on in your mind. Maybe it's lustful thoughts that have been plaguing you for years and you don't know what to do about it. In Winning the War in Your Mind, author Craig Groeschel reveals strategies he's discovered to change your mind and your life for the long term. God has something better for you than your old ways of thinking. It's time to change your mind so God can change your life. Request the book, Winning the War in Your Mind, when you call 877-30-GRACE. Again, our phone number, 877-30-GRACE. Has Abounding Grace blessed you? We'd like to know. And it's easy to connect with us at AboundingGraceRadio.com. Leave us an email today. Join us each day right here as we study through the Bible with Pastor Ed Taylor and learn of God's abounding grace. This is amazing grace. Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church, Colorado, here in Aurora.